0: Today, uh, Christians around the world are celebrating and remembering the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank God this morning that he has drawn us all here together to think about these things. Because honestly, there is no more important day in the history of humankind than this wonderful resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. After the incarnation, when the Lord God of heaven came down, so that he could represent man, so that he could live that life, so that he could eventually die for our sin. After that great event, the next great event, the greatest event was this wonderful resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, because it was the culmination of God's atoning work on the cross. It was that time in which God completed this wonderful redemption that is available to us. And so this morning, we are going to be looking at that and thinking about these things. So let's turn to our reading in Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24, and that's on page 936 in the Church Bible. Luke chapter 24, and we'll start reading from verse one. Now, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with him came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then, as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they say to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, the son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. Then they returned from the tomb and told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. And their words seemed to them like idle tales, and they did not believe them. But Peter arose and ran to the tomb. And stooping down, he saw the linen clothes lying by themselves, and he departed, marveling to himself at what had happened. Now, I want to begin this morning by making a comparison by comparing the Lord Jesus Christ to another great name in history. I trust that you have all heard of that great uh, Greek general, Alexander the Great. Now, in 331 BC, just over 300 years before the Lord Jesus Christ, Alexander the Great, at the age of 25 years old, uh, managed to uh, have victory in one of the greatest military victories facing the mighty Persian empire this all took place in at the on the battlefield of Galgamela, which is modern day Iraq now the Persians were numerically superior they were the mighty empire of that time they were the ones that everyone else feared and the other thing the battle that they had been fought on was chosen by the Persians so everything was stacked against Alexander, but their forces, the Persian forces, were brutally destroyed, brutally destroyed by the, mighty, by the might of Alexander and his army. Alexander was, Alexander was a smart tactician. He was known for these cunning plans that would divert his, uh, his uh, enemies. But most of all, most of all, Alexander was ruthless. he was ruthless. Every battle that he fought, he left wakes of dead bodies. He destroyed everything in, in his path in just thirteen years, Alexander would go on to conquer everything in his sight and destroy all his enemies, eventually becoming the supreme leader. Of one of the largest empires of the ancient world. Now, many people during the days of the Lord Jesus Christ thought that he would be a type of Alexander. They thought that he would be this great messiah that would come and overthrow the Roman, the Roman Empire at that time. The Romans were, uh, were, were, had taken over from the Greeks and they had all, all the lands of, uh, of Israel under their control. And so they were hated as, as these empirical uh, nation. And so Jews at that time thought that the Messiah would come and completely overthrow uh, the Romans and usher in this golden age of Israel. So that, so that Judaism and, Jewish, and the Jewish nation would be once again the important nations. This was such Uh, a prevalent thought amongst the Jewish people. Even the the disciples who were taught by the Lord Jesus Christ, who the Lord Jesus Christ instructed over and over again about what the scriptures meant, they found it hard to shake these ideas off. They struggled to to get this concept of this political leader that uh, so many of the Jews were hoping for. Now, why am I telling you all this? For so many people, on Friday when the Lord Jesus Christ died, it seemed like a colossal defeat. The Lord Jesus Christ went through that whole land of Israel. And so many people had these incredible hopes of the Lord Jesus Christ. Here was a man of God that was able to demonstrate such power. Surely this was the one that would redeem Israel. Look, now he's crucified on the cross. He's been killed. He has has not conquered a single thing. He he hasn't achieved anything. He hasn't destroyed any of his enemies. And so so many people were left in misery, in disappointment. Even his disciples, sadly, they were left on that Friday evening, they were left in utter misery and confusion. In, in, um, In one of the other... Gospels in John, we are told that they were mourning and weeping in these days after after he was crucified. And even at the start of, of, of our reading here, we're told about the women. What were they doing? Early that morning, they were bringing spices so that they could prepare the Lord Jesus Christ because they believed that he was truly dead. They were there to mourn the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. And even afterwards, when the disciples are told about sightings of the Lord Jesus Christ, they can't believe it. To them, it's idle tales, it's fables. Because for them, they they were disappointed that the Lord Jesus Christ was now, it was finished. All that great, all those great things they had witnessed was done. But did the Lord Jesus Christ really fail, friends? Was Jesus' death on that Friday evening truly the end of the Lord Jesus Christ? After all, he really did die. There is no two ways about it. If there was one thing that the Romans were very good at, it was making sure that someone was killed and killed right. So he really did die. So did he fail? Was Calvary the death at the end of the Lord Jesus Christ? Our well, friends, the answer to that is a resounding no. And that's what this day is about. We are here to think about Easter, Easter Sunday, the resurrection day of the Lord Jesus Christ, and how it was a day in which the Lord Jesus Christ was far from failing on that day. The, name, the, the title of our sermon is, Calvary is not the end of the story. Calvary is not the end of the story. It wasn't the end of the story, but the disciples and followers of the Lord Jesus Christ thought it was the end of the, um, the, end of the story for the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's turn to 24 and let's, let's look at this great encounter between the angels of God who uh, were sent to announce this resurrection and some of these early followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, this company of women. Now, just to give you a little context again, These women are there early in the morning. They're there to prepare the the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. When they arrive to the tomb, they receive two surprises, two massive uh, surprises. First of all, they find uh, when they get to the tomb that the stone has been rolled away. Now, who on earth rolled that stone away? Let's remember that that stone was uh, placed there by the Jewish clergy who were trying to make sure the body of the Lord Jesus Christ wasn't taken away. But these women, this company of, of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, followers, come to the tomb, and the stone has been roll, rolled away, and the soldiers are nowhere to be found. Completely shocking. And then they, uh, the women go inside the tomb, and to their surprise, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, which was there on Friday evening, is not there anymore. It's gone. And all that's left is his grave clothes. Where did it go? Where did it go? And so they receive that shot. And in that, and the Bible tells us here that they are completely puzzled. To them, it just doesn't make any sense. And while they're trying to figure these things out, the Bible tells us that they meet the angels of God. The angels have been sent by God as they did, as they were when the Lord Jesus Christ was born. Born, Now they are sent to announce his resurrection And so we pick up from verse three. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they say to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. And so the women receive this question. Why do you seek the living among the dead? Verse five. Now that question is an astonishing question. You, you, have, to, you have to picture in your minds that these women are broken. They are completely uh, destroyed because of what they think has happened to the Lord Jesus Christ. And the angels asked them this, this very, very, it's almost like a telling off. Why do you seek the living among the dead? And it really is a reproof, friends. It's a reproof meant to question them, meant to awaken them from their lack of faith. Why were they looking for Jesus Christ in that tomb? What were they doing? Why did they come looking for a dead body? Why were they not looking for his resurrection? Had the Lord Jesus Christ not told them what he would do? Look at verse six. He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee. The Lord Jesus Christ had told them what he would do. The Lord Jesus Christ, friends, was alive. He is risen, the angel says. He is no longer dead. And this is exactly what he had said he would do. And the women had completely forgotten about that. And they knew that the angels as well were right in in challenging him in in this way. Because when you look at verse six six to seven, uh, sorry, verse eight, it says, and they remembered his words. They remembered his words. So, So they knew the angels were right about what the Lord Jesus Christ had said. About his resurrection. So why were they looking for his resurrection? Not looking for his resurrection. They should have been looking for it, expecting it. Because the Lord Jesus Christ had promised that that's what he would have done. Now, the other thing is that they completely misunderstood. They had forgotten what the Lord Jesus Christ had said. But they also completely misunderstood the purpose of the Lord Jesus Christ coming. They had forgotten about the importance of the resurrection. And in their sorrow, in their sadness, they had completely missed the point. This is why the angels say to them, uh, remind them of those words as to why the Lord Jesus Christ had come. Verse seven, the son of God, son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day must rise again. That was why the Lord Jesus Christ had come. And so, friends, the question for us is, are we aware? Are we aware of why the Lord Jesus Christ had to resurrect, why he did resurrect? Do we understand that significance of the resurrection? Or or is it just an event to us? Is it just something that had happened to the Lord Jesus Christ? And so this morning, friends, we are going to be looking for just... just looking at a few reasons why it is so important to us to understand the resurrection. Why does the resurrection matter to us in 2022? Why does it matter to us? Well, we're going to be looking at three reasons. There are many more, many more reasons why it should concern us, why we should should think about it, but we are going to give a little focus to, to just three. And the first Reason why this should matter to us, friends, is that Christ is a living savior. Christ is a living savior. In verse five, again, the angel said, why do you seek the living? Why do you seek the one who is living, the living one? Friends, if you were to get yourself a group of geologists and archeologists, and you were to, um, uh, to go to, into the land of Israel where the Lord Jesus Christ had lived and look for the body of the Lord Jesus Christ and spend your whole life doing it, you would not find it. You would not find a single uh, part of the Lord Jesus Christ in his body, his bones or any remains. In 2007, there was a controversial documentary that was made that claimed that he had found the body of the Lord Jesus Christ and his family and the The people that had led this this search claimed that they had unequivocal uh, evidence that they had found uh, the body and the family of the Lord Jesus Christ. What they had found were these 10 burial boxes. And these burial boxes had been found in this tomb in in Israel, but uh, it had had some fragments of bones in them, but it also had uh, names inscribed on these burial boxes And there was a name there that said Jesus, son of Joseph. And there there was a box titled Mary. Uh, There was another one titled Jose. And a few other names that uh, could be related to names in the New Testament. But that was it. Name inscriptions. And they wanted people to believe. They wanted people to sweep aside all the things, all the wonderful evidence that we have of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Sweep aside all of that and believe this claim of this two, this, this and these boxes with just name tags in them. And that was their, that was their case. Bear in mind, friends, that in Israel, Names were very common. I mean, a name like Mary was as common as 25% of women would be called Mary. There were lots and lots of names. I'm sure you've gone through the Gospels, just looking at even the disciples of Lord Jesus Christ and see the similarities of the names. But their whole case is that because of those similar names, that they found the Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, you cannot find the Lord Jesus Christ and I would hope that they gave up that search because it's a futile mission. The Lord Jesus Christ is a living savior. He resurrected, his whole body resurrected. He is alive, friends. And that's what we are thinking about today. Do you want to know about resurrection life? If I asked you, do you know anything about resurrection life? I wonder what you would say to me. Do you want to know about resurrection life? Well, my thing is, why not ask the person who has resurrected? Ask him who knows about that resurrection. The Lord Jesus Christ's resurrection was a completely unique resurrection. He wasn't the only one who's ever been resurrected. In the Bible, we are told of several other people that had been resurrected. You may think, you may remember some of this. Some of these people remember Lazarus was resurrected. Remember Jairus' daughter uh, was resurrected. A few other people were resurrected in the Old Testament and even by the apostles. But in all of those instances, certainly there was, um, they, they relied upon the power of God to be able to do those things. But the Lord Jesus Christ and his resurrection was unique in, in, in several ways. Well, firstly, he raised himself by his own power. As God, John chapter 10, verse 18 tells us that the Lord Jesus Christ, by the might of the Holy Spirit, raised himself. And that is a wonderful thing. But the second thing, I think that's more relevant to us, is that the Lord Jesus Christ was resurrected to a body that was suited to eternal life. He was resurrected to a body that was suited to eternal life. Those people that resurrected in the Bible, eventually they died. They were resurrected to show the mighty power of God, but eventually they died like everyone else. But the Lord Jesus Christ, when he resurrected, he resurrected to a body that was eternal, that could never die. All others, every single person that has ever lived, has died, but the Lord Jesus Christ rose again forever to to live. And this is a wonderful truth, friends. It's a wonderful thing that we ought to think about, that he is that one, that living one, that one that has the authority to speak on on uh, on this subject. And everyone needs to hear this. This is something that we all need to hear as adults and as children, even, even you young people out there, I'm happy to see here quite a number of the boys from, from our boys' group work. It is good to see you. But even you guys need to hear about this wonderful resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, that he is the only one that has ever resurrected. Now, if you tell your friends about the fact that you may believe in the resurrection, they may laugh at you. They may think that you are foolish for believing in eternal life. But you, I, I think you could, possibly, you could ask them a question to this effect. Have you died? Have you been resurrected? Ask your friends. Have you, have you gone through that? Have you died and seen what happens? And I guarantee you, most of them will say no. Well, at least the honest ones anyway. But the point is, is that no one else has resurrected in this wonderful way that the Lord Jesus Christ resurrected. And so friends, you can search the world. You can go through all the graves. You will never find the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. He cannot be found in the body. And the question here, the challenging question to these women is, why were they seeking him in the grave? They should have been expecting his resurrection. Christ will not be found in dead things. Christ is the living one. He will not be found in, in dead books, he is not found on, on just pages of books. The Word of God is wonderful because it tells us about the word of, about the Lord Jesus Christ and about him and how we can know Him. But if you read this Bible in an in a, in a academic way, just to fill your mind with what's written, you know there are some religions who read things like a rotor, you, you will not find the Lord Jesus Christ there. The Lord Jesus Christ is there to be had to have a relationship with, because he's living, friends. He is not found in dead works. There are no rituals that you can do. There are no religious services that you can do that will, that where you will find the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says you can know him. The Lord Jesus Christ will not be found in dead formulas. He will not be found in dead institutions. And this is what, this is the challenge that we have this morning, is if we have been seeking the Lord in all other things, and we haven't been going to him directly, then we will not find him. Because our our Lord is a living savior. He is a living savior. And the women should have known this. All the followers of the Lord Jesus Christ should have known this. It was revealed in the Old Testament, as we read in our, in, in, in our um, earlier readings. Prophets prophesied that the Lord Jesus Christ would rise again. So you look at verse 25 in our reading, and what does it say? Now here we have a conversation between the Lord Jesus Christ and two uh, followers of his that were walking uh, on, on a road. And you know, in that reading, we are told that they too had those thoughts about a political leader, a type of Alexander. But the Lord Jesus Christ had to clear all of that out and to show them. So in verse 25, he says, Oh, foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Oh not that Christ have suffered these things and to enter into his glory. This is what the Old Testament had been teaching all along. So why were these women seeking the Lord Jesus Christ in the tomb on that third day? They should have been expecting it. The Lord God had revealed these things to them. And, you know, they were in in a state of, of sadness. Yes, they were depressed in that moment. And so their faith was weak. Their memory was dull. And they were missing the blessing that had that had happened. But here we have the angels assuring the women that the Lord Jesus Christ had resurrected. Let me ask you a question, friends. Who else can you say these things about? Who else can you say these things about? Who else in history has resurrected? Please don't say that I only believe these things because the Bible tells me to. Investigate it look at the uh, at the account of the resurrection investigate the evidence that is in these things and you will find friends how convic- convincing it is that the lord jesus christ did resurrect on that day you know out, out of uh, if you look at all of the great figures of ancient uh, of of, uh, of ancient history people like alexander Not many people have as much wealth of evidence as the things that we are told about the Lord Jesus Christ. The fact of his living, the fact of his resurrected. So please have a look, investigate, and you will see that the Lord Jesus Christ is alive. He is, he has resurrected all other leaders of history, they are dead. They are gone. That great Alexander who conquered armies, conquered nations, he is gone. And no one else has ever been resurrected. And so these words of the angels is meant to arouse the faith of the women, is meant to waken them up from all these preconceptions that they've had. And it should challenge us, friends. It should challenge us. Are we seeking the Lord Jesus Christ among dead things? Have we come to him so that we can know him? Friends, are you pinning your eternal hopes on men who have died, who are no longer? One last point, point in this is, if, if you look at uh, uh, the, the Muslim religion um, and you inquire into uh, you know, the, the, the Prophet Muhammad, as they claim, Uh, I may be wrong, but you can check me on this, but I think it is true that even to the point where he died, he claimed himself that he was not sure whether God would receive him. He wasn't sure. Here is a person who claimed that he could point you to God, but he himself wasn't sure whether he could, but here the Lord Jesus Christ resurrected friends, and I put it to you that he is the one that is worth following. Friends, seek the risen Lord, and so we come to our second reason, second thought as to why we should care about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, why this should matter to us. And that is that the, uh, the resurrection of Christ means he can give eternal life with certainty. He can give eternal life with certainty. Have a look at uh, uh, verse 40, 46. So this is, yes, verse 46, what he said to the apostles. Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Repentance and remission was achieved at that uh, that resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now I want to qualify something here before I go further. Christ Uh, Christ's resurrection will not stop us from dying. It will not stop us from dying physically. The sad truth of it, friends, is that we must all die. We must all come to that point where uh, our our spirit and our our physical body is separated. And so that is something that the uh, the resurrection will not stop. But Why is it that so many people don't like thinking about death? Don't like thinking about this this thing that must happen. It must happen to all of us. We cannot bury our heads in the sand. It will most certainly happen. Well, friends, it is because for so many people, death really is the end. It really is the end. All the things that people are living for, all the money that they are trying to make, the careers they're trying to build, all those wonderful things that they enjoy in this life, they are living for those things. That's what matters to them. And friends, death is about the worst thing that can possibly think about because when death comes, that's the end. That's it. That's all finished and done away with. And so for so many people, perhaps some of you here, you don't want to think about those things. You don't want to think about that fact that you will meet God at that point. Well, let me say this, friends. This is what the Bible says. If you meet the Lord Jesus Christ and He is not your Savior, it really will be the end of all the good things that you that you hold in this life. It really will be the end of those things. So that's partly true, but for those that know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, that day, that day in which their physical body will be separated from their spirit, that day will be a glorious day. It will be as The beginning, not the ending, the beginning of all things, all that that God the Father wants them to enjoy. They will be able to know all things as God wants them to know those things. And so it will be far from the end. It will be a a wonderful, glorious time for them. That is the promise of the Savior to those that will have him. Now, Christians can have this confidence um, of their resurrection, because of this resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. The the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ was the seal upon his sacrifice. On Friday, we considered how the, how, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ was on that cross paying for those sins of his people. And the resurrection was proof that he had achieved that mission. He had a mission, friends. Jesus Christ didn't just come for no reason. He had a plan when he came down from heaven to earth. And that was that he would provide a way for man to be forgiven. So on that cross, on that fateful Friday evening, the Lord Jesus Christ was hanging on that cross and he was paying for every single sin that you and I have ever committed. Every single one of them. Suffering for those six agonizing hours. There he was taking the punishment of God, not just those those soldiers and their brutality, but facing the, the punishment of God the Father and his holiness. That's what the Lord Jesus Christ was doing. And friends, it was necessary. It was necessary. That's what we've just read. Thus, it is written, and thus, it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise without the Lord Jesus Christ dying, we would have to pay for our sin. That's, it's, it's, it's as simple as that. If the Lord Jesus Christ did not go to that cross of Calvary, we would have to answer for all the things that we have done against the living God, every single one of them, because our God is a holy God. Now, some of you may think that is unfair, that God should be so tough on us, that should punish us for those things. Think of it this way, friends. Think of it from God's perspective. We may minimize sin, but if God excuses your sin and allows it to be, it changes him. It changes his character. He is no longer holy if he does those things. So he must punish your sin. He must punish your sin. So it was necessary that the Lord Jesus Christ should hang on that cross and pay for those sins. And so, friends, here we're thinking about the resurrection. If the Lord Jesus Christ did not rise again, there would be no way for us to know whether he completed that, whether that was acceptable, whether he had done what he set out to do. There would be no way of knowing whether our sins really were forgiven. That's how necessary this was. In that passage that we've just read, we are told that repentance and remission, that was what was achieved. So, no death of the Lord Jesus Christ, no resurrection means no repentance and no remissions. And so, we would be in a predicament. But the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ shows us his achievement, that he did it, that he achieved it. God the Father punished his son. God the Father looked to his son, taking a sin, a, a, all those sins upon himself, and he was satisfied. We are told in Isaiah chapter 53, verses 11, such moving words. Have a look at that, friends, in your own time. Such moving words about what it was like for the Father to look upon his son and punish him. And the Father said, he shall see the labor of his soul and, he shall, and be satisfied. And so the Lord God looked upon what his son did, and he was satisfied. He punished his son, and by resurrecting him, by bringing him back to life, we know that the Father had truly found a way in which he could forgive us, set us free from that condemnation, and also be just, and also remain true to his character, to his holiness. While well, i finish this point with the Lord Jesus Christ and his words, friends. In John chapter 11, you don't have to turn to it, I'll read it to you. In John chapter 11, verse 25, Jesus said, to, uh, Jesus said this, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? That was the question that was put to that woman who heard those words. And the question for you, friends, this morning is, do you believe this? Do you believe that the Lord resurrected and achieved redemption for you? Please answer it carefully because your eternal life does depend on it. Well, friends, we come to our final reason here, our final thought why the resurrection should matter to us. And that is because the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ is the beginning of real, lasting joy in this life. I've just been talking a lot about the end of life. But friends, we don't need to wait for the afterlife. We don't need to wait till we get to that point. The resurrection matters for our lives now. It matters for our lives now. Look at at what's happened to these women. This company of women. There we uh, we started the day off as as uh, as you know uh, as their their hope was completely gone. They've lost their dear friend, their savior, this person that was so precious to them that had forgiven them their sins. They tr- this is the one that their whole lives they had surrendered to, and now he's gone. So they were in their in misery, in sadness, in utter despondency. And having learned, having understood, having uh, remembered what the Lord Jesus Christ was trying to do, and understanding that he has now resurrected, we are told that that they were now to be found in joy. That joy was streaming to them because of what they had learned. And so we we read in uh, Luke chapter 24 in in verse um, 52, this is what is told to us about what happened once all these things had taken place. 52. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Now what could they be? This is this has happened after the Lord Jesus Christ has resurrected back to heaven, he's left his followers, he's left his disciples. And this is what scripture tells us about them, that they were in joy, that they were praising praising God. Now, what what did they have to praise God about? Christ was leaving them, leaving them with with a, a huge mission to take what he had said and spread it to the world. Well, friends, the truth is, they now understood very clearly what Christ had done for them, as we read in verse 45, uh, in verse 47. And we are told in verse 45 uh, that the Lord Jesus Christ had ho- opened the word of God to them, that he, he had helped them to comprehend, to understand what he achieved. And so by the time he's leaving them, by the time he's leaving them, they, are now, they have now understood what the Lord Jesus Christ had done them, done for them, and so they are full of joy. They now have that wonderful peace in knowing uh, that uh, that wonderful hope. But the other thing, friends, is that they were now fully aware that this was not the end. It wasn't the end of the Lord Jesus Christ. Neither was it the end for them. They knew they had that hope of Peter, that that uh, that living hope. Knowing that they had a work to do while the Lord Jesus Christ left them, but eventually they would go to be with him. There was going to be no end for them. And that was that, that was how the Lord Jesus Christ left them. Such joy in their life, such hope, such promise, a complete contrast to what they were at the start of the day. Well, friends, my question to you this morning is what is the quality of our life? What is the quality of our life? If we do not have this kind of peace and this kind of uh, understanding that these disciples and followers of their Lord Jesus Christ knew. You look around, friends. So much misery in the world, isn't it? You look around at uh, people you uh, work with or you live with, you look around in society, you look at the scenes in, in, um, in Ukraine, so much misery in, in life, isn't there? Uh, in people's lives. Is it a wonder that there is so much misery? When we know that all the things that, take, all things that happen in this, in this life are bound to finish. There is absolutely nothing that seemed to last in this life. No lasting satisfaction. You can do just about anything and it will come to an end. That is the truth. That is what Solomon uh, taught us in the scriptures, in those books of wisdom, that everything is bound to finish. Everything is bound to finish. But what effect, what effect would it have upon you if you knew that you had this wonderful hope of, of resurrection? Humor me for a moment. If you didn't know the Lord Jesus Christ, just think in your minds about what it would be like if you knew for certain that once you uh, uh, died in this life, that you would be meeting your God and that you would be spending eternal life with him and that he would show you many things and that you would live a life of peace with him and all of his people. Think about what, that, what effect that would have upon your life now. Would worries seem so insurmountable? Would the weaknesses that you have matter so much, knowing that kind of hope, that kind of hope, even, even the losing of loved ones, would it make you crumble, knowing that the Lord savior is your God and that you have these promises? Well, that's the type, that's the type of joy. That is the type of joy um, uh, love that these women and these followers of the Lord Jesus Christ knew when they understood what the Lord Jesus Christ had done, when he had resurrected, when he had left them, that's the joy that he left in their hearts. And so friends, they were able to say with, with, uh, with Job, we read Job earlier, but those women were able to say with Job, these very same words, I know that my Redeemer lives. Think about Job and the things that Job had to face. He suffered, as I said, in more ways than any of us here will ever have to suffer. But at the end of it, he was able to say these amazing words. For I know that my Redeemer lives, and he shall stand at last on the earth. And after my skin is destroyed, this I know, that in my flesh I shall see God. That was the comfort of Job and the joy of Job anything that could be thrown on him, he knew that he had a living savior, one who could help him through those things and who promised that he would be with him when it all was said and done. So the resurrection matters a great deal, friends. These are just three reasons, but the resurrection matters greatly because we are talking about life now. We are talking about life forevermore. We're talking about a life of knowing God Truly. As I say, Christ is not to be found in dead things. When you come to this church, you will not find crucifixes. There are no statues here. We do not read off rotors because Christ is not found in those things. He is found in knowing him. And that is the life that Christ offers us this morning, a life of knowing him truly, knowing his forgiveness, knowing his peace, knowing such guidance through those, those things that we sometimes have to go through knowing real satisfaction and contentment, knowing that he will protect us against all things, all things, and even on that last day against our last great enemy, which is death. Does the Lord Jesus Christ really stop your life, friends? No, friends, he does not. He establishes your life. He really, really does. And so, friends, dying on on that cross of Calvary was not the end of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was murdered on Friday evening. He did go through that suffering. But by Sunday morning, Christ opened the door of eternity. He opened that door of eternity. And friends, I close with a final thought. What will the ending of your life be? Will it be a pitch into the dark and just a hope that things sort themselves out? Or will it be meeting the Lord Jesus Christ, that risen saviour, that living saviour, as your saviour and your friend? Let's pray.